Two new whistleblower complaints reveal crony contracting and will sort out the Biden accusation on today's Wait What? Politics with Zuma and Steele. This is Wait What? Politics with Zuma and Steele. Wait What? is your political recap. We'll tell you who's making news and what it means to liberals and progressives everywhere. And we'll interview the newsmakers that make it happen. So from the nation's capital, here's reporter Jimmy Zuma. And from the great state of Arizona, here's Senator Victoria Steele. So welcome back to another Wait What episode. And today we're going to start out by talking about um, a couple of new whistleblower complaints and what they've revealed. And, and, and Jimmy, what what you find out? Yeah, the first is a formal whistleblower complaint by Rick Bright. He's the former director of uh, Biomedical and Advanced Research and Development, the guy who would have been in charge of finding a... Um, uh, a vaccine for coronavirus. He was recently demoted after uh, a couple of things happened. One is he pushed back on um, the the information that the White House was putting out that was incorrect. And the other is he was resistant over a period of the whole last year to a series of crony contracting, no-bid contracts that were tried or completed at the Department of Health and Human Services. This is such a weird story because this is not how government works. But apparently the guy who's calling the shots at HHS about coronavirus contracting is a guy named John Clarice. And now he's called a pharmaceutical consultant. But as we know in Washington, when somebody's called a consultant, that means they're an unregistered lobbyist. So this right. guy's an unregistered right. lobbyist for the pharmaceutical industry. And he's basically calling the shots, giving contracts to his uh, uh, clients. People can hire him and then get a crony contract from the White House uh, or from Department of Health and Human Services. I never heard of anything like this. You know, this guy was demoted for knowing this and for uh, trying to stop it from happening. His direct boss is a guy named Robert Cadlick used terms when he was trying to, to do these contracts that didn't make sense, were either overpriced, you know, they were outside of the realm of current of proper contracting. And the federal government, first your money is evaluated, and then a second group evaluates the quality of your uh, product offered. So okay. this guy, Robert Cadillac, would overrule that contracting process and give a no-big contract to the customers of... Uh, John Clercy, Clercy. Um, and that's how the scheme worked. And there were a number of them, and they were big dollar contracts. And uh, Rick Bright asserts in his whistleblower complaint, his formal whistleblower complaint, that he was demoted and sidelined for resisting these no-bid contracts, among other things. Wow. Wow. So, all right. So we said there were two allegations. Right. Yeah. This one is they're a little complicated, so bear with me. I thought the first one was a little complicated. <laughs> Jared Kushner what? took over procurement of uh, PPE, personal protective equipment, in the White House. Uh -huh. And the first thing he did was sideline all the experts in government. And he brought in a team of volunteers from Wall Street, 
who he <laughs> thought would be better than the experts in procuring and purchasing personal protective equipment. Okay. Now, one of these volunteers of was so disgusted by the process that he did a whistleblower complaint to the House of Representatives. Now, this is not a formal whistleblower complaint, but it's every bit as whistleblower as the other one. And in it, he said uh, that they were unqualified to do what they were doing. Um, they didn't know what they were doing. They were all crowded in a room, even in the age of coronavirus. And they were never able to get anything done because they didn't have the skills or the resources to do it. So all this time where nothing was happening with personal protective equipment, it's because unqualified people were put in charge of purchasing it. And because of that, they couldn't purchase any. And were they all friends? Well, no, these were just these were just young Wall Streeters who wanted to volunteer to kind of move themselves up in the financial industry by this yeah. credential. But the other thing this anonymous whistleblower said is there was a list of favored companies that they were supposed to do business with. And this weird list was all, you know, Trump's cronies, uh, Republican members of Congress, a former apprentice contestant uh, who now runs Women for Trump, people from Good Fox God. and Friends, Brian Kilmeade specifically, <sighs> and other hosts on the Fox News channel, including Janine Pirro. Now, these people were called, there were code words. They were called wild cards, and they were called friends of Jared. That's how they were referred to. Really? This is what Cadillac said for why he was doing these large no-bid contracts. He chose these people because they were on the favored list. And he described because they them, were friends of Jared. They were friends of, he described them as, as friends of, oh, this is, no, I'm sorry, I'm mixing this up. To Robert Cadlick, he described them as friends of Jared and the wild card. On the other whistleblower complaint, the one from the young Wall Streeter, anonymous, but directly to the House of Representatives, he talked about the list and wow. the people who were on the list. So... This is the first real hard evidence we have of how the crony capitalism has been working in the Trump administration and apparently has been working this way for quite a while. And it's the best explanation for yet, yet for why the government has been so unable to accomplish anything. Now, we know there was an oh. incident in Maryland where um, in Maryland they contracted with a company run by a Republican fundraiser who had never produced any PPE a $12.5 million contract for which he delivered nothing. You know, we talked about that before. So there's a whole emerging field of crony capitalism that's now becoming to light, that's now coming to light, and it explains why the federal government can't get anything done. They're right. using incompetent people because they think they're more competent than government employees, than experts, then these people know nothing about procurement. They know nothing about, you know, the supply chain. And uh, they know nothing about anything. <laughs> so they accomplished nothing. They got not one mask or gloves, but they contracted with a lot of Trump's friends. But here's the thing, Jimmy. Nothing is going to happen to these people. Nothing is, it's not going to be investigated. There will not be a congressional investigation. There will not be um, looked into by any other agency or, or division because 
Okay, you tell me why. <laughs> we know why. Because it's not January 20th yet. Right. January 20th, when the new administration takes over, and it's looking more and more like the Senate will flip blue, and the House will stay blue, then the investigations will start. Trump's administration will be, and I've said for a long time, after Trump's administration, what we really need is a Truth and Rec Reconciliation Commission like they had in South Africa, where the truths are told and the villains are found out. And I th think that's necessary, and I, I suspect it will happen. I suspect the, the FBI will go back to being a functioning um, department, and the Department of Justice will go back to being a functioning agency. We'll have a real attorney general. And crap like this won't happen anymore. Well, I sure hope so. Now, listen, yeah. up next, we're going to be talking about the allegation against Joe Biden. And we will be right back after this. So now let's talk about the latest in the Tara Reid accusation. This is a woman who said first in her accusation that um, she felt Joe Biden had inappropriately touched her hair and her neck. And then she had a further accusation. She said she revealed the rest of the story later. And now she's even got a couple of people speaking out on behalf of her, including her mother, who has passed on, but that apparently went on the, the Larry King show and talked about um, her not being, and they played the, the recording of that. And I'm telling you as a mom and as a feminist, if, if somebody came on and said, if, if my daughter had been raped, if she had been sexually assaulted, I would have been a lot more upset in that phone call. I would have said a lot more than what she said. She was not talking about sexual assault. She just wasn't. And I have no idea even that that was her mom. So I, I'm just putting that out there as, um, okay, number one, I will tell you, after looking at all of the, I, I've really been looking into this, and I, I am seeing her report, her allegation as not credible. So um, I think... I, I've been approached by the, the Biden campaign for an endorsement. They want me as a state senator to jump on the wagon and endorse him. And I'm really giving it time so that I can think through this carefully. Um, I believe that, that, you know, we, it, it still boggles the imagination that our country has elected an admitted sexual assaulter. Someone who is a misogynist is our president. Someone who has bragged about grabbing women by the genitalia and doesn't see the problem with that apparently. And, and who hung out and partied with, with a child pedophile. You know, th this is, this is the kind of guy we've got in the White House. So we have one complaint against Joe Biden. And, and the more I hear about this complaint, the less credible it seems. So I, I, if Jimmy, if you'll just sort of bear with me for a minute, I've got some things that I want to say about this. So I'm, sure. you know, not really a conversation at this moment, but just something I want to say. I haven't really written it out, but I've got some, some notes that, that will help me say what I want to say. I, I do believe 
that women need to believe they needed to be treated with dignity and respect. And when they step forward, they should be heard, not silenced. They, they Their story needs to be appropriately, fully investigated, scrutinized. I want a president who will lead us to, to an honest-to-God reckoning on sexual violence, someone who will give hope to survivors that he will come up with real solutions so that we never have to experience those traumas again. And when I say traumas in the plural sense, I'm speaking to how the system is set up to re-violate, to re-traumatize the victims. This happens all the time. Now, that being said, I will certainly, definitely be voting for Joe Biden. Um, he, I mean, just, just, you know, from the, the 35,000 foot level, he's got one allegation against him while, and one that, in my opinion, is not terribly credible. But Trump has about 17 that are very credible. However, I will be deciding soon whether or not to give him my endorsement. Cause as I said, his team is calling me and they're asking, but historically, I got to tell you, Joe Biden has not been all of that strong on, on, on feminist issues. His treatment of Anita Hill, um, really did not show support of her, um, and, and quite to the contrary. And, and, until recently, he supported the Hyde Amendment. And, and so, but, but now he's changed his mind on that. Uh, that's good. I allow people to change their mind. I, I allow people to have growth and, and, and reflect on things and, and think better. So I'm glad to see that. And I hope that he ends up choosing a really strong feminist vice president, someone who will help guide his thinking on these issues. I cannot get out of my mind though. And, and this is where I'm, I'm opening up to to you again um as as a conversation jimmy thank you for for bearing but i i i i don't know i i can't get out of my mind the the sight of him in a debate against elizabeth warren and how he went after her um and took credit for her work saying i did that for you you know and it is like Oh my God. And, and, and the way that he was talking to her, the way, his body language, the tone, what he was saying, all felt like, like I was seeing something that was leading up to a domestic violence. I'm not accusing him of domestic violence, but it just felt like that. It did not feel good at all. And so, yes, I'll, I'm going to vote for, for Joe Biden, but he was not my pick. And I'm not sure that I'm ready to endorse him. I got to think about this. I really have to think about this. Well, it's, these are interesting questions. And I, 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 we should say, you know, before when we decided to do this topic, we, we talked about how it's uncomfortable for both of us to cover this topic yes. for the same and different reasons. Um, and it's uncomfortable for us to, to pick apart a um, an accuser's allegations. Uh, a lot of the stuff about this one yeah. has fallen apart, you know, and yeah, there's really the relationship is. to Ryan Grimm at the intercept. Uh, I don't have a lot of respect for the intercept because they threw Reale winner, uh, the whistleblower about elections under the bus to save themselves. And they only took about two hours to do it. And she's still in jail and she's an American wow. hero who's still in jail because of that. So I don't have a lot of respect for the intercept as an outlet. And I think that, 
One of the things that happened is there was a tweet that Tara Reid sent to Ryan Grimm. Now, he's the author of the original. He broke the story about the Tara Reid story, where it appears that they had been discussing keeping the story on hold until it would have maximum damage for Joe Biden. Now, wow. that's not, cool. not really something a, a, a victim, that's not what a victim's really doing, you know? I mean, that's not what victims do about their story. When they decide to tell, it spills out. It's not something that is calculated um, because it's such an awful story. There are other things like that. You know, um, she described in an earlier interview that his office was run like a uh, without respect for women, where women were treated like a lamp stuck in the corner because they were pretty and then discarded when they were done with them. And I, I just this just feels like to me the story that she created for why she got fired after a year. Um, yeah. And it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And I don't know the changes. truth or not. And it changes constantly. And it's changed yeah, over she time. Has conflicting stories. Um, all of that doesn't mean she's not telling the truth. But to me, the preponderance of, the preponderance of evidence is a lot of questions. A lot of things that uh, she hasn't adequately answered. They, I made a sexual assault complaint, but I didn't make a sexual assault complaint. I went to the office and filed the complaint, but then I just walked in the office and got scared and walked out. You know, again, for sexual assault survivors, these are all vivid memories. They're not things you could become confused about. And obviously, a lot of times when people are assaulted, their story changes over time as they reveal more and more. Mm -hmm. But that's about the incident they reveal more and more. They don't re reveal more and more about all the other stuff that happened. Yeah, that's about just, who you told and, and, and yeah. how you did it and where the paperwork is. And, and I, I just... In some ways, it all sounds like still, marketing. St yeah. Still, I do believe that she needs to be heard. She deserves to be fully heard. Her story should be fully told. It should be fully investigated. Um, you know, with, with Christina Blasey Ford, she was a credible witness. And they, the, the Republicans would not investigate her. They, they did about, you know, 15 seconds of an investigation and said, nope, we don't believe her. And, and that's usually how we're treated. But with this, this complaint, um, Tara's complaint has, her story has been thoroughly investigated and people keep coming up with new contradictions in her story and, and sketchy, weak arguments and, and so we, we've got these people, you know, these Republicans and, and members of the media that two separate groups here that, that are saying, well, you know, are, are you just, what's good for the goose is not good for gander. Come on. You know, what about hashtag me too? Shouldn't you believe everything? And no, absolutely not. You do not believe everything that everybody tells you that, that we know does not make sense. That is not logical. And, and that is not what the Me Too movement is about. We want to believe women. We want to hear them. Give them a chance. Talk the story through. Investigate it. Give them every opportunity. And if it turns out that it is true, then we act on that. If it is not true, 
then we act on that. And we use the best preponderance of evidence that we've got to do that. Um, we, for centuries, women's stories have been ignored and, and uh, men's sexual assaults against women have been excused. Ah, locker room talk. What, what happened when, when Trump had the, the bus tape? You know, when, when he was talking about grabbing women by their crotches. Well, we, nobody should be forced to blindly accept everything they're told for fear of being labeled, um, a, a misogynist. Mm-hmm. But we, we, we cannot just limit the Me Too movement to a, whatever this one group of people says, they're right. And that's the end of the story. No, this, this is not the way we do things. And I am not giving that to the Republicans. I'm just right. not. Um, right. th- this is, this is far too important. Too many victims of, of, of rape and, and have, we deserve better than that. We do not take away somebody's due process rights. That you, you have the right, you have the ability to speak up and say, this is what I feel. This is what I see. This is, but by all means, hear the woman. Start from the default of, I believe you. And until you have reason to not believe them, then believe them. That's complete opposite of what we've had for centuries now. So I, I think we, we need to believe the story, and that is the first step. We hear them, we believe it, and then we investigate it. And when we have information to the contrary, we look at that as well. That did not happen with Christina Blasey Ford, and that is happening with Tara Reid. She is getting the, the, the chance to tell her story. Only problem is her story is not adding up. Yeah, and this is really part of a larger, you know, the Me Too movement is is sort of a massive change in our culture. And I think that we're all still sorting out what the rules are. And we started out with, you should absolutely believe the woman every time. Um, And we started out with a kind of zero tolerance policy for boorish behavior. And that's what cost uh, Al Franken his seat on the Senate. I think we yeah. would all look back on removing Al Franklin from the Senate and say that was an overreach. Or, yeah, that was, you know, many people would. That did and, not feel good at all. And in retrospect, we're still trying to sort out what the new rules are. And I think you've articulated what Believe the Woman needs to be. And um, going forward, we'll understand how these rules are applied better and better. But right now... It's a period of massive cultural flux. This is a huge change. Right. The Me Too movement is a dramatic change in how this country runs. And it's a change that can't we can't go backwards on. We shouldn't go backwards on. And we don't want to go backwards on. But we're still fine-tuning, you know, the rules and structures and how it's all going to work. And I think that's part of every massive social change. You know, we start out thinking it's one thing, and maybe it's that one thing plus another thing plus another thing. The other thing that's important here is to understand how politics work. In politics, if you give your opponent a veto card, and, and your opponent especially is a Republican, they will use it. If we say, 
Joe Biden is guilty, then that's a terrific incentive for Republican dirty tricksters to create dishonest or deceptive uh, information. And I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. Recently, um, a former New Jersey Republican candidate, Christine O'Donnell, said that Joe Biden made inappropriate comments about her 14-year-old daughter's breast at a gridiron event. Um, it turns out Joe Biden wasn't at that event. So when he was, <laughs> when he wasn't at that event, she said, oh, it might have been this other gridiron event. And it turns out he wasn't at that one either. Well, now. So this is a perfect example of how Republicans will operate if we give them veto yeah. power. Yeah. And I think this is happening on a larger level. It's also important to say that what's going on here is not just Republican. There's something else going on, and that's that the same fringe, tiny margin of Sanders supporters who made his campaign toxic and, and essentially prevented him from being able to win the nomination— um, you know, the first time around, we called them Bernie bros. They're flogging this mercilessly because they believe they can make Joe Biden toxic and um, get Bernie Sanders back in. So it's not just Republicans yeah. playing a political dirty trick. These right. people who have been playing political dirty tricks all throughout this campaign and the last campaign who also support Bernie Sanders. And like I said, it's a tiny minority of his supporters are approaching this as a political dirty trick yeah. and they're willing to well, step so, on the heads of real rape victims to, to get what they want, which is, you know, for a Democrat not to be the democratic nominee. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, uh, there, if, if you look diff, really deeply into the story with, with Tara Reid, I I've seen so many things, so many details about this that I am not going to grill her on the details on the facts. But I have looked over so many investigative reporters' um, uh, reports on this, their articles, their writings, and, and, and listened and watched. And I just see too many things that, that are, are flashing. It, it's like, this does not feel real to me. I'm mm -hmm. not going to go on. I don't want to go into the details about her. I think that that is cruel. Um, but I don't necessarily think that her story is credible. And the more information I get, the more I feel that way. I really believe, as a feminist, I, I, I'm looking at three things here. We must believe that women have the right to be heard. I want a candidate who's going to be good for women. And another four years of Trump will be devastating to women and our, our lives, our livelihoods, our well-being. Um, I am focused on defeating this administration right now, the Trump administration, and these policies that have put our lives at risk. And I'm also focused on flipping the Senate on November 3rd. That's where my focus is. So um, I'll determine whether or not I um, endorse Joe Biden later. I, I don't want this to taint my experience, my, my decision-making on this. So that's where I am. And, and again, like you said, this is not an easy topic for us to talk about. It's just not as somebody who's been the victim of sexual assault, as somebody who, who understands what the hell we're talking about here. I do not take that lightly. When I heard that there was a report out there, I went, Oh God, this is 
awful. And, you know, I, 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 I'm having a hard time with, with her story. Right. So. And I want to stress two things. One is if you give the Republicans veto power over your candidates, they will veto the good ones every yeah. time. That's yeah. just how things go. They yeah. will take any opportunity to weaken a good candidate, maybe not a perfect candidate, um, yeah. with this kind of accusation because we've made it a litmus test. And that right. is something we need to refine. The other thing is, and I would say this about every candidate in history, you know, the first president that I voted for in my lifetime that I really had no reservations about was Barack Obama. All the ones before that were people that I didn't really like, but they were Democrats. And it was important to keep Democrats mm -hmm. in power to keep Republicans from ruining the economy and stealing from mm -hmm. us. Um, you, you can't pick your candidates on the basis of a reason not to vote for them. Right. There are only two parties. There are only two choices. Anybody who gets 50% of the vote or wins the nomination is going to have to appeal to a broader group than just you. And there are going to be things about them that you don't like. But you have to pick your candidate based on the reasons to vote for them, not a reason, a single reason to not vote for them. I'm tired, though, of holding my nose and voting for a candidate. Um, I, I think that our elected officials need to be held to a higher standard. And, um, we're, we're accepting too much bad behavior. And, um, I don't think that this should, this kind of behavior, um, should be accepted by anybody. So, um, we, we do need to keep our eyes open. We do need to be vigilant in, in watching this. And like I said, we need to change the default to let's believe women from the default which has been, she's a liar, she's a slut, and let's let's destroy her. And that's, it. you know, it, it can't go, the pendulum can't swing the entire different way. No, that's right. I think we have changed the dynamic, at least I hope so. among us. Among the Democrats, yes. Yeah, we have changed the dynamic. Now we need to refine it to the point where it's effective and not... Uh, able to be weaponized. I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about it for today's show. Um, thank you for listening to Wait What? Don't forget to like us and subscribe and go ahead and put a review on Apple Podcasts. And, and remember, email us your tips and comments to tipline Wait what dot media again that's tip line at wait what dot media and uh jimmy another good show we'll talk to you next week yeah bye 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 well that's it for today's show if you find yourself saying wait what don't worry we'll be back next week subscribe to wait what Politics with Zuma and Steel on your favorite podcast app or visit waitwhat.media and try out our quick takes. So here's the thing, commentary from Victoria Steele and the Zop topical explainers from Jimmy Zuma. I'm Monica Price. Hold up. 